Thank you for joining us here at Life Church. It's an honor to share God's word with you today. Our prayer is that you will connect with Jesus Christ as you hear his word online. We'd love to have you visit one of our upcoming gatherings. For more information, visit us online at www.liferva.org or contact our church offices and we'll be happy to help you in any way that we can. Let's go now to one of our recent services where you can experience a life-giving message from God's Word. I want to say before I jump into the sermon, happy Veterans Day. Veterans Day was this week. To every veteran that served or is serving in our country, I just want to remind us, you hear me say this a lot, I'll say it till I'm gone. We're, we're thankful. We ought to be thankful in America that we can come today to church and worship. Doesn't matter what denomination you are, doesn't matter what religion, doesn't matter if you're not religious at all. I'm grateful that we have the privilege in America to worship as we see fit. And part of that privilege is because of our veterans. Amen. They fought to help us get that right and also to protect that right. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. Amen. Get ready to go to the Bible. I got a lot of verses for you today, so if you love the Bible, you pick the right day to come to church. Amen. Acts chapter 4, verse 1. While Peter and John were speaking to the people, they were confronted by the priest the captain of the temple of the guard, and some of the Sadducees. These leaders were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus there is a resurrection of the dead. So they arrested them, and since it was already evening, put them in jail until morning. But many of the people who heard their message believed it, so the number of men who believed now totaled about 5,000. The next day, the council of all the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas, the high priest, was there along with Caiaphas, John, Alex, Alexander, and other relatives of the high priest. And they brought in the two disciples and demanded, by what power, or and here's where they messed up, or in whose name <laughs> have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of our people, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. The powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, the man you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead. For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says the stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. There is no salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Amen. So I want to preach to you today from verse 10 where it says, let me clearly state to all of you and to all the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus. I want to talk to you about the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. The powerful name of Jesus. Today, most people 
in our country, they really give very little thought to the significance of names, right? You know, very few parents today choose the name of their children with any real concern for its original meaning. Usually it's a name we like or a name we've heard that, that catches our attention. Not to mention the fact that now there are literally, you can go on the internet, there are millions of supposed meanings for almost every name out there, right? So I guess the best solution is if you're an expecting parent, pick a name that you like, find a definition that fits the name that you like, and go with that one because there's just a multiplicity of explanations for names out there. Some children are named after their ancestors or maybe after their parents. Buddy is not my real name, by the way. My real name is Clarence. So, go ahead. I, I want. It's okay to laugh. <laughs> yeah. My real name is Clarence McCoy Thompson, Jr. And I'm named after Clarence McCoy Thompson, Sr. Amen. Some children are given names simply because their parents, I don't know what happened, but they made up this really cool name. They thought it was cool, and they gave their kid some made-up name. You need to pray for those children, by the way, amen, because it is a hard life for some of those poor babies out there. But see, it's not always been that way. It's really kind of far removed from the way that they used to name their children in the days of the Bible. Names had great significance, particularly among the ancient Israelites, since the very original revelation of God's name was given to the Hebrews, and since the Messiah himself was Jewish, it's really important for us to understand the role of names among the Israelites in order for us to fully grasp the Bible's emphasis on the name of God and why we as believers believe in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. You see, in biblical days, it was considered virtually impossible to separate a person from his name. In many ways, a person was considered to be his name, and his name was considered to be him. Parents very carefully chose the names of their children to reflect either what they've already perceived in their child or maybe what they hoped they would see in the child's character as they begin to grow up. A person's name was often synonymous with their reputation and their authority and their power. Solomon once declared in Proverbs 22 and verse 1, A good name is rather to be chosen than great riches and loving favor rather than silver and gold. And what he was saying is it's better to have a good name and a good reputation than to grow up rich and wealthy. Amen. Apparently names were very important to God as well. He renamed Abram, which meant high father, to Abraham, which means father of many. He renamed Jacob, which meant supplanter uh, or deceiver. He renamed him to name Israel, which means ruling with God. And in the Old Testament, when David was refused help by a man named Nabal, Nabal's wife, Abigail, related Nabal's character to his name because the name Nabal meant fool. Here's what Abigail said. In 1 Samuel 25, 25 to David, she said, May my Lord pay no attention to that wicked man, Nabal. He is just like his name. His name is fool. And folly goes with him. Maybe that's why you don't see a lot of people named Nabal today. Amen. Another example from the Old Testament is Daniel and his three Hebrew friends by the name of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They were taken captives in Babylon. And Babylonians changed their names to Names you may find more familiar, Belteshazzar 
Shadrach, Meshach, can I hear it? And Abednego, see, we know that. We know their Babylonian names. But their Hebrew names meant something powerful. Daniel meant El, or God, is my judge. Hananiah was Yahweh is gracious. Mishael was who is what God is. And then Azariah, I just found out, Jess Dunford, raise your hand, Jess. Jess Dunford's middle name is Jess Azariah Dunford. That's pretty cool. I just found that out. Azariah means Yahweh is my keeper. Amen. See, the name was important. And to name a person or a thing was to own it or to control it. To change one's name signified, in some cases, a promotion or, in some cases, a demotion. To blot out or to destroy the name of a person or thing was to literally destroy that person or thing from the face of the earth. Even today, among some Orthodox Jews, the name of a dying person is sometimes officially changed in hopes that a new name would bring health to them. Names were significant. And even though the names of all people are important, a name takes on even more significance when it is applied to God. And since he chose his own name, by the way, it really reveals his person perfectly. In the Old Testament, God established a covenant with the nation of Israel. And if they would serve him, he promised to establish them and make them a holy people and bless them greatly and make them a witness of him to all nations. He expressed this plan by identifying them with his name, Jehovah. In many of your Bibles, by the way, regardless of what the translation is, uh, if you'll notice in your Bibles, anytime you see the word LORD, L-O-R-D, in all capitals, all caps, it stands for Yahweh in the Hebrew text, or in the English, it means the name Jehovah. Anytime you see that word LORD in your Bible like that. Because throughout the Old Testament, God identified his people and linked them directly to him as people who were called by his name. Now stick with me. I'm going somewhere with this. I know we're in some, some deep scriptural and theological weeds today, but that's all right. Amen? Moses said this in Deuteronomy 28, 8 through 10. He said, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns and on everything you put your hands to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him, notice verse 10, then all the peoples on earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. Amen. His people are what? Called by his name. Amen. Now, here is a verse that many of us know, 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. It says, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. See, God's name represents his character, his power, his authority, his presence, and as believers, to be called by his name means to identify with him, to know his divine character, to experience his miraculous power, to live under his sovereign authority. Because God's name represents God himself. 
And for this reason, God's people are to exalt his name. Psalm 34 and 3. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and what? Let us exalt his name together. God's people are to praise and bless his name. Psalm 113, 1 through 3 says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, you his servants. Praise the name of the Lord. Let the name of the Lord be praised both now and forevermore from the rising of the sun to the place where it sets. The name of the Lord is to be praised. See, God's people are to seek his name. We're to call upon his name. By word and deed, we declare his name to each other and to our world. The Bible also tells us that those who fear, and that word fear means to respect or revere, not to be afraid of, but to fear the Lord and fear God's name and love God's name, it says you have a great inheritance. Psalm 61 and verse 5, for you, O God, have heard my vows. You have given me, look, the heritage of those who fear your name. Those who remember his name. We have an unfailing source of strength and protection. Psalm 20 and verse 7 says, Some nations boast of their chariots and horses, but we boast in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. Can somebody give God a praise for that right now? See, the faith, commitment, and holiness of God's true people in the Old Testament, you can sum it up in the words of Micah chapter 4 and verse 5. It said, all the nations may walk in the name of their gods, but what? We will walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Amen. Let me just stop right here and ask, how many of you, no matter what the rest of the world may do, you are proud to walk in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. Come on, amen. We're proud to pray in his name. We're proud to represent the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Now, I could go on and on and on this morning talking about the significance of all the Old Testament names of God and what they represented. Those names and their meanings are diverse. They are powerful. But today I want you to understand that there is also a huge significance in the New Testament name of God, the God that we serve, and that name is Jesus. Amen. See, because before the Son of God was born, before the new covenant began, an angel gave Joseph and Mary the name by which the Messiah was to be called. That name was Jesus. God chose this name to reveal himself in flesh as our Savior because the name Jesus literally means Jehovah Savior or Jehovah our Savior or Jehovah is salvation. Amen. Jesus was not just the Son of God, but he was the complete manifestation of God as a human being among men. That's what the Bible says. Isaiah 7 and 4 was a prophecy that said this. All right then, the Lord himself will give you the sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. Hallelujah. Jesus was, as the Bible said, God with us. In human form. Now, I could preach this message for Christmas, by the way. That'd be a good one, wouldn't it? Amen? Look at 1 Timothy 3.16. Without a question, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ was revealed in a human body. 
People say, well, man, is he the son of God or is he God? The answer is yes. That's why it's a great mystery, amen. Is he God in the flesh or is he the son of God? He was vindicated by the Spirit. He was seen by angels, announced to the nations, it says. He was believed in throughout the world and taken to heaven in glory. Folks, it's a great mystery. How could God become flesh? How could the Son of God also be God? See, that's one reason why it's so important that his name is so important, that we don't lose sight of who Jesus really is. He was not just a great teacher. He was not just another prophet, amen. He was not just a religious figure who walked the earth for 33 and a half years, amen. He was not just the founder of a religion, amen. Jesus was God manifested in the flesh. That's what the scripture teaches us. See, the prophetic message of Isaiah 7 and 4 said that the name of the Messiah would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And Jesus literally fulfills that meaning. Look at Matthew 1, 21. Many of you, we only hear this verse at Christmas time, but look what it says. And she will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, Jehovah's Savior. Verse 22, so all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord the prophet saying, and here's a direct reference to Isaiah 7 and verse 14. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Why? Because it is translated God with us. Hallelujah. Jehovah or Yahweh was the unique personal name by which the one true God identified himself to his people in the Old Testament and distinguished himself from false gods. He said it himself, Isaiah 42 and 8, I am the Lord Jehovah, that is my name. And by incorporating the Old Testament name Jehovah, the name of Jesus, encompasses everything that the Old Testament reveals about God, the powerful name of Jesus, proclaims the truth that the Old Testament God himself became our New Testament Savior. Amen. It is a powerful name of Jesus. To see and know Jesus is to see and know God, is to see and know the Father, is the only way that God can really truly be seen and fully known. Listen to Jesus say that himself. Are you ready? This is Jesus talking, John 14 and verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 7, if you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him. And have seen him. Now, Philip just asked a very honest question. He said, Lord, verse 8, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. But then look what Jesus said. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I've been among you for such a long time, and here it is, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? See, the name of Jesus is the supreme manifestation of God's character. Jesus perfectly manifested the divine nature and attributes of God, including holiness and righteousness and mercy and grace and truth and and omniscience and omnipotence. It was all robed in Jesus. 
For example, the Old Testament proclaimed God's love to us. But how do we understand God's love as New Testament believers? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. But God showed his great love for us by what? Sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You see, the name of Jesus is vested with all of God's power and authority. Jesus said it in Matthew 28, 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. John 5, 43, he said, I am come in my Father's name. All of the miracles of Jesus demonstrated his divine power and authority over nature and disease and sickness and the devil, come on, and demons and sin. Amen. Every force that can afflict or conquer us, Jesus' name has authority over. Amen. The teachings of Jesus reveal his divine authority. Matthew 7, 28 and 29 says, The people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Even the officers that were, that were sent to arrest Jesus on one occasion, they said this in John 7, 46, No man ever spoke like this man. The works and the words of Jesus were so powerful because he was the human vessel that the Father was working through. John 14 and verse 10 said, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? He said, The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Amen. Look at Colossians 2, 9 and 10. If you're still not convinced that Jesus was deity, amen. It says, For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. It's a mystery, amen? But in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And verse 10, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority, amen? To know the name of Jesus, the powerful name of Jesus, amen, is to know the supreme revelation of God. Pastor, why are you talking to us about this today? I'll tell you why, because it's very disturbing to me how many Christians no longer really think that Jesus is the only way to God. Come on, i got to talk about it today, amen. We've gotten a little lax in our faith. I'm talking about the body of Christ as a whole. There is no multiplicity of paths that will get you to heaven, amen. Buddha's not going to get you there, amen. Uh, Islam is not going to get you there. Allah is, come on, his name is Jesus. Come on, I need a little help in this house today. His name is Jesus. And we need to understand why that name is significant. We need to understand why that name is so important. We need to understand why we must embrace that name. I'm so glad to be known by the powerful name of Jesus. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 17 says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. See, when the church was born in the book of Acts, the New Testament church continued to exalt God's name. And the only difference was now they knew that Jesus was the prophesied Messiah. They had a greater revelation and appreciation for God and for his name. Amen. They knew that there was an inseparable connection between salvation and the name of Jesus. 
Acts chapter 4 and verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Amen. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 11 says, And such were some of you, but what? But you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. See, it was in the book of Acts that God united the Jews and the Gentiles together to establish his body, a people that were known by the name of Jesus. In Acts 15 and 14, it says he brought the Gentiles into the truth as a people for his name. Amen? We are a people for his name. Jesus himself reminds us all throughout Scripture of the power of his name. Amen. Can I take just a minute and give you a few of Jesus' references to his own name? He instructed his disciples to gather in his name, Matthew 18, 20. To pray in his name, John 14, 13 and 14. To preach in his name, Luke 24 and 47. He said that they would cast out demons and receive divine protection and receive healing in his name. Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18. They would receive the Holy Spirit in his name, John 14, 26. <laughs> he said he warned them you would be reviled and persecuted and hated for my name's sake, Matthew 5, 11, amen. He said they would be baptized by invoking the name of Jesus. How? You know what? I've been criticized sometimes in the past. I've had people tell me. I've been questioned about in my life about my emphasis on our love of the name of Jesus. Can I ask you a question? How can you overemphasize the only name that will save you? Come on, let me get a little help in this house, amen? How can you overemphasize the name of the one who died on a cross for your sins? How can you overemphasize the name of the one who died and three days later rose again? How can you overemphasize the name of the one who set the captive free, who breaks bondages, who breaks addictions, who heals bodies? Come on, somebody. Why don't we give that name a praise right now? Hallelujah. 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 There is something about the name of Jesus, something about the powerful name of Jesus, and his church needs to stand up for his name. We need to proudly proclaim his name. We need to boast his name. Yes. The powerful name of Jesus. Shout it with me, would you? Jesus. 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 Praise God. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. The name of Jesus. I used to pray a lot at political events, and, and it's been a while since I've done it. And one time I used to pray at a college uh, graduation ceremony, and three or four years in a row they invited me to come and pray. And there would be anywhere from 7,000 to 10,000 people at the ceremony. They would have it at the Coliseum. And I always, I really, I prayed about my prayer, amen. I got asked to pray in front of the state delegates, and I, I prayed about my prayer. And every time I said, God, I want to make sure I exalt your name, and I exalt the name of Jesus, and I clearly articulated the name of Jesus. And finally, one year, the people from the college, they called me, they said, Reverend, we'd like you to come and pray again this year. I said, great, just give me the date, let me know. But they said, but we really don't want you to use that name Jesus because it's offensive to some people. 
Somebody hollered out in the first seven and said, what did you do? I'll tell you what I did. I stayed home. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm not going to pray and not pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Some of you say, oh, man, you're taking it too far. No, I'm not taking it too far. Because anytime they can get you to wipe out the name or minimize the name or make the name insignificant, come on, somebody. We need to stand up for the name of Jesus Christ. We need to stand up for his name. Amen. Hallelujah. Did they miss me? No, they didn't miss me. And I'm sure they found somebody that did their bidding. Amen. But I'm going to stand for the name of Jesus. we got to stand for the name. And they did it in the book of Acts. The New Testament church was founded on the day of Pentecost, and they went forth in the name of Jesus. They baptized by invoking the name of Jesus. Acts 2.38, Acts 8.16, Acts 10.48, Acts 19.5, Acts 22.16. That's your Bible. They prayed for the sick and received healing by invoking the name of Jesus. Acts 3 and 6, Acts 3.16, Acts 4 and 10, James 5.14. Come on, somebody. They cast out demons by invoking the name of Jesus, Acts 16 and 18. They taught and preached everywhere in his name, Acts 5.28, Acts 5.40, Acts 5.42. They called on his name, Acts 9.41. They labored for his name, Revelation 2 and 3. They held fast to his name, Revelation 2.13. They refused to deny his name, Revelation 3 and 8. We need to fall in love with the powerful name of Jesus. Understand the power of his name. Stand up for his name. They lived a holy life to bear witness of his name. 2 Timothy 2 and 9. They bore his name to the world and suffered for his name. Acts 9, 15 through 16. They were reproached for his name. 1 Peter 4, 14. They risked their lives for his name. Acts 15, 26. There's people dying all around the world because they refuse to renounce the name of Jesus. And here in America, we won't even get off our chair and proclaim the name of Jesus. I'm not talking about now. But I'm talking about that's how we live our lives. Almost like we're embarrassed sometimes by the name of Jesus. No, 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 no. Well, they're going to think I'm one of those narrow-minded religious people. Well, they already think that. Go on and be that, amen. <laughs> Straight is the gate. Narrow is the way. Amen. There is no other name given under heaven, whereby we must be saved. Amen. We've got to understand. And it ought to bother us that so many in Christianity no longer teach the doctrine of the name of God. Some of you right now, you're probably like, man, why is he giving all these scriptures about the name of Jesus? Because we need to understand the power of that name. We need to embrace that name. And remember, it's that name that saves us. When you pray in that name as a believer, you are praying in authority. It ain't like you're just saying, hey, Zeus. It ain't like you're just saying some name in the Bible. Your relationship, your covenant with Jesus empowers you to pray in that name with authority that makes the devil tremble and makes the spirit world stand still. In Jesus' name. I want to ask the praise team and the musicians to come on up. The powerful name of Jesus. I'm not ashamed to be a church that identifies with his name. I want to wrap up this message with a beautiful passage that I think says so much about his name and how we should revere his name. It's Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5. Notice what it says. 
You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Look at verse 6. Though he was God. By the way, let me just stop and say, there it is again. He wasn't just Jehovah Junior, amen? Come on, I'm Clarence Junior, amen. I wasn't Clarence Senior. He wasn't Jehovah Junior. It says, though he was God. But check out what he did. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. I'm just telling you right now, if you can't brag about being God, I'm not sure what, what you can brag on, amen? He said he didn't think of equality with God as something to cling to. Verse 7, instead, here's why I love Jesus. He gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. And then look what happened. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God. Verse 8, and he died a criminal's death on a cross. You know who the criminal was? You, me, you, you. See, he wasn't dying for himself because all he did was go around healing the sick, raising the dead, touching blind eyes, turning water into wine, calming the sea. But he died a criminal's death on a cross. And because of that, verse 9, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to think about that name right now, highest honor. See, I don't care what your political views are. If President Joe Biden walked into this room right now, we would all stand. We would applaud because he's the President of the United States. We would give honor to his position. If it was George Bush, if it was Barack Obama, if it was Donald Trump, doesn't matter. You honor the position, the authority that that position represents. But this scripture says God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. His name, not just his position, was elevated. His name is above all other names. Verse 10, that at the name of Jesus, verse 10, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. Can I just stop and tell you, every knee is going to bow to the name of Jesus. Not just believers. Every atheist knee, every agnostic knee, every backslidden knee, every uh, Buddhist knee, come on somebody, every Islamic knee, one day, every knee shall bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But see, the question is, are you going to do it now as a declaration of salvation? Or are you just going to do it then as a declaration during judgment of truth? See, we can receive everything that we need to live for God through the name of Jesus. Power over Satan divine healing, divine protection. We can boldly and confidently pray in Jesus' name. We can invoke His character and His power and His authority and His presence. We just need to walk worthy of the name that we bear. Amen. I'd like for you to stand with me all over this room, please, if you will.
To be the people of the name of God means to enjoy the blessings of God, including the greatest blessing of all, our salvation. His name is our identification. It is our supreme privilege to be identified with the only saving name, the highest name ever given, the name of Jesus. There's power in that name, folks. Some of you have never done this, but I want to read a scripture to you. Some of you are believers, but some of you are not yet believers. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, this is how powerful the name is. It says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. There is no other name that has that power than the name of Jesus. You believe with your heart and you confess or you profess with your mouth. And remember, one day every knee, every one is going to profess that name. Those who confess the name of Jesus now do it as unto salvation, according to Romans 10. Those who wait until later are going to confess that name in judgment. I want us to call on the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. See, today, and we're going to close this service right now. Some of you, you've never done that before. Maybe you're not a believer. Maybe you've been skeptical. I want to encourage you, if you've never done that, I want to encourage you to take that first step and come down to this altar and repent of your sins and call on the name of Jesus. Jesus, I believe in you. I confess you. I want you to come into my life. I want to begin a brand new relationship with you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Some of you, you've already done that, but maybe you've never been baptized. And when you baptize, when you're baptized, you're taking on the name of Jesus Christ on your life. Amen. It's powerful. I'm not preaching about baptism today, but that's another way to identify with the name of Jesus Christ. Some of you are believers. You've been baptized. You never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's another way to identify with the name of Jesus Christ because the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Christ walking among us and living in us today. Amen. We want to activate our faith in the name of Jesus today. I, I alluded to it earlier, folks. There are people all over our world right now that are, hear me, dying because of the name of Jesus. Some of them are watching family members be murdered in front of their eyes because they refuse to denounce their faith in Jesus Christ. Some right now in China, Russia, and, and certain parts of Africa, they're being thrown in prison serving hard labor because they own a Bible and because they identify themselves as Christians. And so you know what I want to see us do here in America and in the church? I want to see us love Jesus and proclaim Jesus so much that that never has to come to the shores of this country. Amen? Come on, I believe it. Amen? We mean to, And that's why that's why we need to take a stand for the name of Jesus every time we can. That's why I refused to go and pray at that college prayer because they told me I couldn't do it in Jesus' name. We can't let them whittle away the authority of the name of Jesus. And we can't let it be whittled away in the church. Amen? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. We used to sing an old song, and it said, Master, Savior, Jesus, like a fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about 
that name. Amen. Matter of fact, praise him. Y'all didn't, y'all didn't practice it. I'm going to mess up now. Joel, I want to play that song. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. I know you know it. You've done it this morning. Are you ready? And as we get ready to play and sing this song, I want to open up this altar, and I want every believer that's not ashamed of Jesus to say, God, I'm going to take a stand not only in my church, but I'm going to stand for your name on the streets. I'm going to stand for your name on the job. I'm going to stand for your name in the school. Amen. And it's the saving power of the name of Jesus. So why don't you step out from where you are right now, and why don't you join me in this altar, and let's just remind ourselves how much we love that powerful name of Jesus. Now, they didn't practice this song, so if we mess it up, don't worry about us. Just worry about the words. Are you ready? Jesus, 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 there's just something about that He's Master and Savior.
Let's love that name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, let's love that name of Jesus. Come on. Come on, when you cried out to the Lord, he heard your cry. Come on, he saved us. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on, I'm not ashamed of your name, God. I want to represent your name. I want to walk in your name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing the song that they have prepared, amen? And let's continue to bless the name of Jesus, amen. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. Come on. The name of Jesus Christ. Come on, what a beautiful name. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing can stand against. What a beautiful name. What a wonderful name it is. Yeah. 
up your name. We magnify your name, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What a powerful name it is. What a powerful name it is. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You have no rival. You have no equal. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that you love me. Thank you, Lord. 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 God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Amen, amen. Let's give him one more praise together in this house. Amen. Hallelujah. As we close, if you've never been baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus, we can baptize you today. I would encourage you to go home and pray about that. We can baptize you in Jesus' name when you're ready. Amen. Just remember, God's name, as powerful as it was in the New Testament and the Old Testament, it was shrouded in so much mystery. But in the New Testament, we don't have to wonder what name to call. Amen. Car pulls out in front of you, Jesus. <laughs> Your children are sick in Jesus' name. Come on. When you pray for your, even your blessing on your food, amen. Just some, I know, I know it's just a road, it's just a routine thing we do, but sometimes just really pause and say, God, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for this food, amen. Thank you for this $9 a pound bacon, amen, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, because God is good, amen. Why don't you hug somebody, tell them you love them. Tell them you're glad that you're to be, you're glad you're in the church with them in Jesus' name. You're dismissed. I hope you have an amazing week. We'll see you next weekend. Amen. God bless you.